What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Going the Distance podcast presented by ImmaculateSports.com. Twitter's at Sports. Instagram, also at Sports. TikTok, YouTube, Immaculate Sports. It's episode 66. I'm excited to be back. Doing this one a little earlier today, early release, just in time for Steph to break his record today. For yeah. Balance. Uh, yeah, it should be a fun one later today. We're f- usually we film our, our episodes around five five thirty. We are making this one on, on at two thirty, so we can watch that game when it starts at four thirty. Probably have the episode up by around then as well. But with that being said, let's get to our opener. Skeller, what'd you put as your opener? Opener. I uh, gotta go with the Warriors game from last night. They beat the Pacers one hundred two to one hundred. Got a little scary at the end there, but Kaban Looney. Clutch, man. Clutch offensive rebound. Tossed it back up. Went in. They got the dub. Curry did his thing with 26. Uh, and Wiggins had a great fourth quarter, too. I feel like this team is a lot deeper than we thought going in. Yeah, it's, for sure. Uh, it's great to see. Didn't break the record, but we're not worried about that right now. Worried sure. about uh, coming Getting together dubs. as a group. Yeah, stacking the dubs before Clay gets there and uh, Wiseman comes back, hopefully, uh, early into next year as well so we should look forward to that in the near future brett by the way is not here today mm. getting done those finals in school so good luck to him uh but my opener uh even though the raiders lost 48 to 9 i'm gonna take something from that game i'm actually gonna take a couple things from that game and the first one being is hunter renfro's career day he had a career high 13 receptions 117 yards and then a touchdown as well it's his third straight 100-yard game. He has 30 catches within the last three games, 86 catches on the season, 877 yards as well. Uh, the catches at 86 puts him tied for fifth in the NFL in catches, which is cool, uh, and yards like 20th or something like that. But nonetheless, Hunter Renfro is coming into his own. He's been playing really, really well uh, in a Raiders team that hasn't had too many bright spots over the last few weeks. Uh, another bright spot, though, was Malcolm Kuntz. Uh, he's played two games now in the NFL and he got his second sack uh, against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs in that blowout. Uh, so two sacks, two games for him, for a, a guy that hopefully turns into a young star. As a, I mean, having too many young stars is never a problem. So that's for sure. Unless they're divas. That's true. Uh, with that being said, let's get to the Immaculate Sports Player of the Week. And I mean, Bill's mafia is the story of the show here. <laughs> uh, whenever Josh Allen is on our, our poll, there's this Bill's fan or, or Bill's uh, media page that retweets it. Uh, and basically all that page is, it's kind of funny is they just, whatever poll or question Josh Allen's in the guy retweets it and all the Buffalo fans will, will go and go crazy on it. So I, I was looking at the guy's profile. He retweeted something about who's better Mac Jones or, or Josh Allen, which is a pretty obvious question. Uh, but since the guy retweeted it, it's like 99% to 1%. I Josh saw, Allen. I also looked at his profile. It was like mm-hmm. Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson, like 98%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so they go crazy uh, on that poll. And that's what they did here. Uh, but the four guys that we put on here were Aaron, Aaron Rodgers after his big game on Sunday night football for four touchdowns. Uh, and he still owns the Chicago bears, Josh Allen, obviously with his 300 yards, uh, through the air and a hundred yards on the ground. Dalvin cook with this 200 burger game on Thursday night football. That was a fun one to watch. Vikings almost choked that. And then Devonte Adams, Aaron Rodgers, top target in that game had two touchdowns, 10 catches and 121 yards. I'm going to keep the voting very short and sweet for you. We had 385 votes and 94% of those went to Josh Allen. So Josh Allen, I think is the first person to ever, get his second immaculate sports player of the week. So congratulations to him. Yeah. I got to actually keep more of a tally on who's one of those. So we'll, I'll maybe I'll, I'll check back up on that next week. So we actually know what's going on with, with these awards, but Josh Allen, I know is the first person to get two of them. So congrats to him. Uh, not congrats to the Buffalo bills. Cause they did lose on Sunday and we'll turn that into uh, the team reports. Skyler talk yeah. with the jets. All right, Jets played the Saints. <laughs> they lost thirty to nine. Uh, surprisingly, this game was uh, thirteen to six heading into the fourth quarter, but it did not play like a close game. Jets couldn't stop Taysom Hill's running. Uh, Kamara 
didn't do much in the second half, but still had 120 yards and a touchdown. Zach Wilson, uh, I'll try not to make excuses here, uh, but we are the most injured team in the NFL, according to ESPN's uh, percentage-wise of snaps by starters, which sucks. And right behind us is the Niners and a couple teams, Ravens and Raiders. So, you know, take what you want from it. But this yeah, never good. Tough, but man. Zach Wilson, 19 for 42. He was not accurate in this one. 200 yards. Uh, you know, the receivers didn't help him, but you still got to hit guys in the chest. I don't even know who to blame in this situation. Probably everybody at this point. And Zach Wilson, I guess the one bright spot here was uh, took off with the ball a couple times, had 33 rushing yards. So uh, not taking hits like he did earlier in the year. And we're going to get smacked by the Dolphins next week. Yeah. Uh, the Raiders did not have a good game. We lost 48 to nine going into Kansas city. Uh, there's a few people that played well in this game. Koontz, like I said, uh, got a sack. Hunter Renfro had 13 catches, 117 yards. Uh, Derek Carr, uh, people will shit on him on Twitter, but he actually played pretty well. 33 for 45, 263 yards, a touchdown, uh, and an interception that really wasn't his fault because Foster Moreau caught the ball and bobbled the ball and it stayed in the air long enough for another guy to pick it. Uh, so that's how it went like that. But, I mean, this this game was all about turnovers, man. Uh, five turnovers for the Raiders. One of them was, was Carr's fault with a, a fumble in the fourth quarter. But Zay Jones fumble, Hunter Renfro had a fumble, um, and Josh Jacobs fumbled as well. So a tough one for the squad there. Uh, and that's, that's pretty much all I'm going to say. Yeah. But we do hopefully get a chance to bounce back uh, against the Browns on Saturday, actually. Uh, and there should be a lot of Cleveland Browns missing in that game due to some COVID protocols, or at least questionable for that game as of right now, because we're still five days away from that game. But nonetheless, Bears are likely out of playoffs. But I mean, winning a couple games won't hurt to just put your, your name back into contention for a little bit and yeah. right on to some hope for a little bit longer. All right. You want to talk about your favorite number 66? Oh, shit. Yeah. Why, why not? Uh, <laughs> I don't have a lot of favorite number 66. It's a kind of weird number. So I yeah. went with a, a guy is, who I don't really know much about, but I hear the name a lot when I hear hockey. That's Mario Lemieux. Uh, I guess he's one of the greatest players of all time. All right, not I guess. I know he's one of the greatest players of all time, but I don't know much besides that about him. And I'll also go with Andrew Bogut. He wore six most of his career, but he did wear 66 for one year with the Lakers before he retired as a warrior. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with a guy who I think is the most recent and maybe repopularized the number. Yasiel Puig. Um, It's a good one. (laughs) You know, and again, in the past 10, 15 years, there's, there's not many people who were great players who wore that number. And Puig was. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're we're getting to the point now with these numbers that it's just like we're we're choosing uh, an outfielder that barely made the forty man and had to choose a, a high a high sixty seventy number or an offensive lineman or some yeah. hockey player obviously as well. Uh, nonetheless, let's get to where's your head at. Right. Our first headline that we're going to talk about is Carolina's QB controversy. Man, I mean, we know Zach Donald's hurt or not Zach Donald. Sam Darnold is hurt. Uh, he's had a very interesting year too, when he's been playing, cause he started off the year really well. He actually led the league in rushing touchdowns for a little bit of time. And then he started playing bad and he got hurt and we don't know if he's going to be back. Uh, and then Cam Newman came back, obviously. Yeah. That, that sweet first game against the, the Cardinals where they won, uh, in dominating fashion, but that was against Colt McCoy. Cam Newton played a couple plays in that game and scored two touchdowns since then. Carolina hasn't won. PJ Walker's been in. Cam's been in. Nothing's been working for them. So what direction does Carolina go with their QB issue in the immediate future for this year and in the in the future after the season as well? All right. So Carolina's got an absolutely brutal end of the schedule here coming up. They're playing at Buffalo, at New Orleans, and Tampa Bay twice. I think it's very likely they're going to have a pick somewhere between four and seven or eight. And with a pick like that, you could choose whichever quarterback you want from this draft. And I know offensive line is a big need for them, 
But if they have a guy, if you really want Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett or Matt Corral, you got to take him in that situation if you're Carolina. Yeah, I think that's because, probably... you know, you're not tanking next year for Bryce Young. They, you know, they've invested too much. You know, Matt, yeah. Matt Rule is going to be on the hot seat if you can't win. They're, they're in too good of a spot right, right now to, to actually be a candidate for that number one pick next year with Bryce Young. So it all comes down to Sam Darnold for me, honestly. I mean, his injury obviously will probably knock him out for a good amount of this season. And at this point, they'll probably just hold him out and play Cam or, or P.J. Walker if they're, they're in that spot where they can get a top four to seven pick. But if you're not taking a QB there, I really don't think you need that pick. So you can trade back do what you want to do to, to maybe get to a pick that could turn into that number one pick next year. Yeah. Or you like, and my whole point here is that you, if you're going to upgrade quarterback, you have to significantly upgrade your quarterback. And I don't think any of the guys in this class are really going to do that for Carolina. So if you're not praise for Darnold, huh? Uh, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, they can't take another experiment on, on a quarterback. I feel that's what, that's what uh, Carolina has been for the last like five, six years now is they just take experiment. Uh, maybe Cam Newton still got it. Maybe Ted, Br- Teddy Bridgewater's got it. Maybe Sam Darnold's got it. Maybe Ken uh, Pickett's got it. And I don't think they can take that answer or that, that <laughs> question. So if you're not trading for Russell Wilson, you keep Sam Darnold. I think that's that's pretty much the main option for Carolina right now. Uh, depending on what they do with Matt Rule and, and head coaching uh, is going to be interesting. But if they there is no significant upgrade, I think you got to stick with Sam for at least one more year. All right. Another QB question here. I don't think this guy's going to Carolina. Uh, but the question is, where is Aaron Rodgers going to play football in 2022 if he does play? He's had an MVP-type season again this year, coming off of one last year. And obviously was a big headline going into the season. We haven't talked about it too much during the season, obviously, with how the Packers have been playing. But we're getting to the end of the season here soon, and it's it's going to be a question that arises here in about two months. Yeah. Honestly, I think it's Green Bay or retire. I know we say this a lot with with quarterbacks who stay with a team for a long time, but I can't imagine him anywhere else. And yeah. if this is the last dance, it's looking like it's going to be a good one. I think this is probably it for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I, Aaron Rodgers retiring seems like a possibility, but I'm, I'm going to be selfish here and say that he doesn't retire. <laughs> Cause I love watching him play football. Yeah. Uh, and we we always had this thing about Tom Brady too. We thought that he was always going to retire a Patriot. We, we never got to see him leave. Now, where did Tom Brady go? What state does Tom Brady play football in? Plays in Florida. You know what team in Florida needs a quarterback? Not named the Jacksonville Jaguars because nobody wants to go there. Miami. So a Rod, he's seeing all this stuff going on. <laughs> He says, hey, Tom Brady went to Florida, and now he just changed everything. He likes everything. I mean, you don't have to be vaccinated in, in Florida, too. That's not like a big thing going on over there. So Aaron Rodgers goes, I see what Tom's doing in Florida. I want some of that. Goes to Miami, stays in, takes his talents to South Beach, and maybe builds, I don't know about a championship squad, but a contending squad in Miami. Wow. I feel about that, Skyler. That would make me angry. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't blame you. It's it'd be tough if he was in your division. But I also didn't choose Denver because I don't want him to be in the Raiders division. That's for sure. There you go. All right. Next thing, though, before we go to halftime, uh, it's kind of kind of rolling through the show kind of quickly. But we don't have as much stuff to talk about as we do to last mm. week and the weeks before that. Uh, talk about some head coaching jobs. Obviously, there is. One for sure, in my opinion, with the Raiders, because uh, I don't think Richie's staying for another year because he is already an interim head coach and he hasn't done too well. So what head coaching jobs are going to be open come the offseason? We'll, we'll go division by division here. Uh, okay. So Buffalo job is safe, obviously. Sean McDermott's staying there. Miami job with Brian Flores, I think that one's safe as well. Yeah. Uh, Patriots, Bill Belichick's obviously staying. Robert Sala is staying in his first year unless some crazy things happen and he calls people out in the last few weeks. Uh, Harbaugh is staying in Baltimore. Zach Taylor is staying in Cincinnati. Stefanski, I think, has a pretty safe – it's pretty cold over there. 
Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh, Mike Tomlin's not going until he wants to get out of there. Houston true. with David Coley. I definitely that think that's safe. possible. You I really? Think it's possible. I think it's safe. Especially if they go after a new quarterback this year, I think uh, I think it's possible. Yeah, I guess it's possible. I'd, I'd feel bad for, for Coley because he's been actually decent. He's done a decent job with, with the, the roster that he's been given. Yeah. And it's, I don't know, I feel like he wasn't even given a fair chance there. He was just kind of the, the segue into a new guy, but it could be possible. I, I do think he gets one more year, though. What about the Colts? Colts, I said no. I think they're going to make the playoffs. I think uh, Frank Reich's going to be just fine. I mean, he's taking Carson Wentz to places no one thought he would ever get back to. You know? I mean, Carson Wentz, I think it's more of Carson Wentz being Carson Wentz, but I think if this, the Colts don't make the playoffs, I think I think Indy's going to be done with Frank Reich. I think it's time for him uh, being there because he's had, what, three, four years there, and while they've been decent teams, they've had a great roster, and they really just haven't put yeah. it all together yet. And that's what that's what a question is every single year, it feels like, is are the Colts going to fully put it together? Are they going to be good this year? and contend for Super Bowl, and we just haven't had that answer be a yes so far from them. So I think uh, that job will be open if the Colts miss the playoffs. Jacksonville, I think we know the answer to this one, Skyler. Um, yeah, I think that it's not 100% like some people think. Uh, I mean, I'm leaning towards, yeah, he's out of there mm-hmm. just because of all the distractions, but... I wouldn't be super surprised if he stayed for another couple of games and then got fired next year, week five. That'd be so terrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going with there's a 95% chance that Urban Meyer is done after the season. Uh, yeah, he, he's, he's not going to stay there for a long time, that's for sure. Next one is the Titans with Mike Barabel. I think that one's pretty safe. Yeah. Uh, Broncos. He's, he's done his thing, man. Yeah, he's done great, obviously. Uh, Broncos, Vic Fangio. That's an interesting one. I think he's gone. Yeah, I think he's gone as well. If the Broncos don't make the playoffs, uh, if you're John Elway, uh, the upstairs guys in that franchise, you got to see that. Hey, uh, we're a quarterback away from probably being a really good team. And if you want to draft a QB or go after big QB, you're going to need a more attractive head coach than, than Vic Fangio because he's not going to do it for you. Uh, Andy Reid's obviously staying. Rich Passaccia, I pretty much know for a fact that that job's going to be open in this mm. in the the winter. Yeah, Skyler agrees with that. Brandon Staley in Los Angeles, I think that one is going to be fine as well. For now, I think uh, we should keep an eye on him because he's the great defensive mind who has a terrible defense. Yeah, it is a little interesting there. We'll see if yeah. that develops, but he's going to have an. At least more than more than a year or two to, yeah, yeah, yeah. to see what, what's going on there, especially with how the team's been playing. Uh, Seahawks of Pete Carroll. This is an interesting one. I don't think he's ever going to get fired, <clears throat> but I think Pete Carroll retiring is going to be something in the near future that happens. I don't know if it's this year. I don't know if it's, it's the year after, but he, within he's the next done. few years. Pete he's Carroll's done, done, Kyle. He's not coming back. Yeah, I'd, I'd be fair with that as well. Yeah. Uh, Niners of Shanahan, I think the second half resurgence has really <laughs> – uh, kind of secured his job for the next year. Brett's eating his words now, maybe. Yeah, that's true. McVay is safe in Los Angeles, obviously. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury is safe in Arizona. Bruce Arians safe in Tampa Bay. Sean Payton in New Orleans, I think, could retire in the near future. I don't think it's going to be this year, though, so he's safe in my opinion. Okay. Matt Rule in Carolina. Skella, what's your take on that one? I think his seat's pretty hot, but you got to give him a chance. You know, I we don't know whose decision it was to bring in these quarterbacks. They're not very good. I mean, B.J. Walker, great story. You know, I'm mm-hmm. glad he's got a backup job. But you, yeah. you can't throw him out there when he's not ready because it just looks horrible. Uh, another guy we should keep an eye on. Um, but if Matt Rule's bringing these guys in, maybe – you got to rethink this decision. Yeah, I, I think he's done after this year. Uh, I thought that we were going to get a big step forward for this Carolina team. And after the, winning those first three games, it looked like it. But since then, they've taken steps back from last year. And last year was a year that wasn't even that good. So if you go six and 10 or you end up with five wins like they have right now, I think 
then you, or maybe they do have six wins. I'm not too sure. Let me check real quick. Oh, they're five and eight. Yeah. If you go five and 12 and end the season like that, then you, you're, you're done. That's for sure. I think six and 11 gives you that same thing as well. Arthur Smith in Atlanta, I think is a very interesting one. I think he definitely keeps his job. Yeah. Uh, kind of a interesting philosophy with him, uh, you know, coming from the ground and pound of Tennessee and kind of making it work with Cordell Patterson. It's interesting. I want to see some more of that. Yeah. It'll be interesting how they use the draft to, to attack the future. Cause they have a very interesting and intriguing future with what their direction is going to be yeah. with Matt Ryan and guys like that. Uh, Minnesota Vikings with Mike Zimmer. I think that they're actually going to hold on to him because they, they just hold on to him for a little bit too long. And uh, maybe they fire him next year. Maybe they, they keep him for another year as well. But I think Mike Zimmer's job is safe for as of right now. Okay. I have him on the list of, uh, of the seat getting warm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt LaFleur or Mike LaFleur. I messed this up yesterday and I think I'm messing up again. But whichever LaFleur is the Green Bay coach. I think it's Matt. Yeah, uh, his job's safe, obviously. Yes, Coach Dan Peter. Campbell in, in Detroit. I think he stays. I think, or I, I think, think he should stay. Yeah, I think he's going to stay as yeah. well. Uh, I feel like the NFL really likes this guy as well because he's he's a, a great guy. He's a guy that's fun to listen to, and uh, he's uh, he's honestly probably like the star of their team right now, even though he's not a player. One issue is I don't really know what his scheme is at this point. They're just playing survive, you know. Well, they they have such a shitty team that you <laughs> can't really have a scheme, man. It, it's really <laughs> tough there because they they have Josh Reynolds who's a deep threat, yeah, and they don't take deep shots. So I don't know. It's a little interesting there. Uh, Chicago Bears of Matt Nagy. This I think was the one that kind of sparked this question for me when I was thinking about it. Yeah. Uh, this job's done. Uh, what the Bears want to do with their they head coaching? They need to fire uh, him. They yeah, they, they, they got to get rid of him. Uh, Justin Fields, I think, is going to be a superstar, but Matt Nagy might be that guy that holds him back. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, I think he needs to throw a little bit more uh, short routes rather than just deep throws and uh-huh. crazy plays that whole time. So maybe the Bears do something in the offseason. I don't know, but their offense has been pretty atrocious for about five, six years now at this point. Uh, next one is Washington football team with Ron Rivera. I think that job's safe. Yeah, another situation where you, you might have to either mutually agree or wait for him to retire. Um, I don't think he's done a terrible job. I, you know, they, they went on a little streak there. But, uh, you know, Washington's got to make some changes if they want to beat Dallas. Yeah, that's true. They'll play Dallas here in another, uh, I think, next week. Uh, not this week, but next week as well here, too, because I know they finish out with five straight divisional games. Uh, the Eagles, Nick Sarani, I think stays. I think he's done a good job there. Uh, kind of coming in. He had a shitty start in my opinion, but in the last few weeks, he's really came into his own and, uh, trending right for this Eagles squad. Yeah. I really don't think he's a good play caller today, mm-hmm. but they've, they've done enough. So yeah, guess we'll see. <laughs> Next up is the special teams guy, Joe judge. I think he's definitely out. Uh, giants just, their endless search for success has been really tough for them. And so I think they're going to keep on doing that. And Kyle, did you hear the report? No. Last night, uh, giants are close to reaching an agreement on an extension with Joe. Judge. Well, they're going to fire him after the season. So we'll see how that goes. Okay. <laughs> uh, the Dallas Cowboys is the last one here and that job safe. Mike McCarthy's yeah. done a great job. I think this year, and a guy who's a, I wouldn't say a dark horse, but a sleeper candidate for uh, that coach the of the firing. year. Yeah. No, the coach <laughs> of the year, man. Not, not the firing. <laughs> Damn. You went on to the other side. Uh, but yeah. that being said, done with the first half. Let's get to halftime. And I, uh, I do have a couple of candidates Ooh. I want to talk about. Maybe oh. not on everybody's radar that I okay. think will get jobs. Awesome. If not next year, the ne- uh, year after. Obviously, we know Byron Leftwich, we know Enemy, Kellen Moore, Brian Dable, uh, but there's some other guys here I want to mm-hmm. talk about. Patrick Graham, the Giants defensive coordinator. Uh, Jets interviewed him last year, decided to go with Robert Sala instead, and then he signed a huge contract to be the defensive coordinator for the Giants. Uh, I think it's possible he is kind of like a Brian Flores guy. He's just... Mm-hmm. 
loved by the players. That's uh, what was good. Yeah. Another guy, Nathaniel Hackett. We talked about him last night. That's the new Green Bay OC. And anyone who's in the LaFleur Shanahan tree uh, will get looked at. And he's uh, he's been pretty good this year. Um, very similar situation here with Kevin O'Connell. Uh, he's the Rams offensive coordinator uh, for under McVay. And even though he's not calling plays, you know, these McVay guys get hired. Mm. Um and then I got two more defensive guys, Raheem Morris, who we sh- you guys should know. He's the Rams defensive coordinator. Yeah. Um, another pretty fiery guy. And then Gerard Mayo, New England defensive coordinator. Um, you know, similar to, Mayo, to, man. to Flores again. You know, uh, Flores was only the D.C. in New England for one year before he got the head coaching job. That's what Gerard Mayo is doing. So just a, a name to watch out for. I feel like a lot of Bill Belichick's assistants in the last few years, though, have really done shitty jobs. So, uh, I mean, Flores has been good, but we know how Matt Patricia was. Yes. And his just like, ugh, that that whole part of it. So, I don't know. We'll see. I don't know if Mayo's got the pencil behind his ear and, and that whole stunt with, like, <laughs> Matt Patricia. Hey, but, but Gerard Mayo did play middle linebacker for 10 years, did. man. He did. Uh, different strategy. So, we'll see how that goes. Uh, I... Some of those candidates are interesting. Obviously, yeah. uh, as a Raiders fan, I'm looking into every single candidate that I can because I want us to get a good head coach. I was there uh, last year, man. You know, the Raiders are going to try to hire some superstar, whether it be Dabo Sweeney or Bienemy. I'd love to get Bienemy. I just love his create creativity of red zone play calling. I think he does a great job with getting players open, especially your best player open uh, time after time again, doing whatever it needs to be. And all the Chiefs trick plays, they always work. Like then, whether you call them trick plays or not, but the the little gadget plays, uh, mm. they work every single time, and they don't backfire. Maybe that's because of Mahomes. I mean, that's because of Kelsey Hill. But nonetheless, Bandami does a good job uh, of helping uh, Andy Reid and uh, getting the job done for them. All right, let's go to halftime now. All right, so halftime. We're going to talk about the the NFL games that happened throughout the week. Uh, Thursday night, we had an interesting one. Vikings were up 29-0 in this one, and they ended up winning by eight to the Steelers. Uh, it's the first time an NFL history team down 29 has ever had a chance to actually come back into a game uh, where they had a drive that could have resulted in a tie. Uh, so, I mean, congrats to the Vikings, but the Steelers almost got that one, that's for sure. Browns beat the Ravens 24 to 22. I think believe Skyler will talk more about Lamar Jackson here in a yeah. moment. Titans shut out the Jags. Uh, that's the first home shutout for the Titans since 2000, according to ESPN. So good win for the Titans as they look closer and closer to that AFC North divisional champion, mean, AFC South divisional championship. My bad. Uh, the Saints took down the Jets, like I said, or like Skyler said, actually. Cowboys took down the Washington football team 27 to 20 big win for the Cowboys doesn't quite eliminate Washington from the division, but it gives Cowboys a lot of hope in getting that divisional title. The Falcons take down the Panthers 29 to 21 Falcons go to six and seven. One of the most interesting teams in the NFL, in my opinion, they're five and two away from Mercedes Benz dome or stadium, whatever it is. Uh, the Seahawks take down the Texans 33 to 13 big win for the Seahawks as they try to stay alive in the playoff race. The Broncos win, uh, in their tribute game to Demarius Thomas, they destroyed the lions 38 to 10 RIP to DT. Yeah, that sucks, uh, man. It does suck. That's for sure. Uh, the chargers take down the giants 37 to 21, Giants season is pretty much done now, and Chargers have a big one on Thursday night against the Chiefs at home. Niners win an OT against the Bengals, 26-23. George Kittle, another big game for the Niners there as they move closer and closer to a playoff spot. Or they're in a playoff spot, but look closer to the playoff berth. Uh, Bills and the Buccaneers play a really good game. Rashad Perriman had a walk-off touchdown, 58-yard touchdown uh, that is an, an OT finish for the Bucks as they go to 10 and three and the bills go to seven and six. We'll talk more about them in the second half. Uh, the Packers 45 to 30 win over the bears. Aaron Rodgers did his thing. We talked about him a little bit earlier in the Macklin sports player of the week, but the Packers 10 and three now, and then the Rams and the Cardinals played on Monday night is a pretty big game for the Rams. 
as they take down the Cardinals. Cardinals are six and zero or seven and zero away from home, but they are three and three at home, which is kind of weird. So big win for the Rams. Tough loss for the Cardinals, but they're still sitting pretty at the top of the division. That game was brutal for me. I had a huge lead in fantasy going in, like by 40 points, but I was playing against Cooper Cup, Zach Ertz, James Conner, Matt Gay. It was horrific to watch. That is tough. That's for yeah. sure. Skylar, let us know about the injuries, and I'll talk about a little bit of COVID afterwards. Oh, boy. COVID. Right, <laughs> stick with the injuries, though, first. All right. So, number one, it's got to be Lamar Jackson. Playing at the Browns last weekend, suffered the ankle injury in the second quarter, didn't come back in the game. Uh, he's wearing a low boot, and uh, they ruled out the high ankle sprain. It looks like a low lateral ankle sprain, though, grade one, um, maybe out for three weeks. But if there's no structural damage, they could put him in the game, start week 15. Um, kind of the situation where you know, might need surgery at the end of the year. Do you want to hold off or do you want to play and risk further damage? You know what I mean? You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, it's an interesting spot. (laughs) Uh, I know he is questionable for this game against the Packers on Sunday, but it's, it's a tough season for the Ravens with their injuries. They're one of the most injury plagued teams in all of the NFL. So we'll see how that one goes for them. All right. And uh, Washington had some big injuries and their loss to Dallas Taylor Henneke, knee injury in the fourth, didn't come back. Uh, they say it's not serious, but they're going to confirm with the MRI later today. Uh, Terry McLaurin is still in concussion protocol. Uh, he got smacked around and got shut out last week. So yeah. not good Not good for but he, him. He, he, he got knocked out pretty early in the game, though. So it was okay. like the first or second quarter. All right. Do you have Logan Thomas on there? I don't. Is there an update on Logan Thomas? He, remember last week he got hurt again in the game against the Raiders. Uh, yeah. The initial fear was that he tore his ACL. Uh, and then it was revealed that he didn't tear his ACL. And then after further testing, it came out today that he actually did tear his ACL. Oh. <laughs> uh, and even though he was already out for the season based off the injury, uh, obviously tearing the ACL requires a bit more than the stuff that they originally thought it was. So uh, they expect him to be back early next year because, uh, I mean, it's not like it's a drastically torn ACL. Like he, he's not he doesn't have some crazy stuff. It's just, uh, yeah, it's tough. So it's still a long road of injuries. So we'll see yeah. him back next year. Sheesh. Another big one that happened this week was Austin Eckler hurt his ankle in the third quarter. Uh, as coach Brandon Staley says, they don't know what it is yet, but it seems like he avoids the high ankle sprain. Yeah. He's supposed uh, to play on Thursday. I know that. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if they even, they know for sure yet, if it is the high ankle sprain. Cause that again, with this, the high ankle sprain similar with Lamar Jackson, it could be three weeks, could be longer, or he could have no damage at all. And he can still play on it. I know. I know Staley said that he was going to put Eckler back in the game if they needed him to. Uh-huh. Uh, they didn't, they didn't though. Cause they were obviously up by 15, 20 points against the giants. So they didn't really need to do anything there. Uh, but still something to look for in the near future as they play on Thursday against the chiefs in a, a big divisional game. That's for sure. Yeah. We got Josh Allen, our max sports player of the week spotted wearing a high boot after the game. Um, it could be out of precaution, but we know he is dealing with turf toe, foot sprain. I think something's broken in his foot too, and then a high ankle sprain. Um, but he is supposed to play week 15. Um, she's just a tough dude. And I think that's going to wrap up uh, all the big names, at least for injuries. Yeah, and now let's get to the COVID list. COVID went crazy in the last few days. That's for sure. I think there's about 60 players put on the COVID list within the last few days. I'll name them all right now. We're not going to go into depth. I'll just, I'll, I'll read you the list and stick with me. So this was the one that was pronounced or announced on Monday. And then I'll get to the one on Tuesday. Jalen Ramsey, Rashawn Slater, Jonathan Allen, Josh Gordon, Kadarius Toney, Alexander Madison, Justin Hardy, Cedric Wilson, Philip Lindsay, Javon Holland, Mario Edwards Jr., Camu Krieger Hill, Quez Watkins, Dalton Kinney, I don't know who that is, Zaire Franklin, Corey Ballantyne, David May, 
William Bradley King, Tameric Hemingway, Kyle Hinton, Dan Chisna, Jamal Carter, Seth Williams, Benjamin Victor, Jason Hunley, Emmanuel Ellerby, Cornell Armstrong, Quinton Bell. That was a seventh round pick at the Raiders a couple years ago. Yeah, I remember. Uh, Tyrell Dodson, Lyndon Stevens, Clay Johnston, Rob Havenstein, Deontay Date, Dion. That's a weird name. Casey Tuhill and James Smith Williams. Uh, a lot of players from Washington. And those are all the guys named on Monday. And then we got another long list of guys that were announced on Tuesday, starting with the Chiefs, Chris Jones, then Christian McCaffrey, who's out for the season, but nonetheless, I mean, COVID doesn't care if you're injured or not. OBJ, Sebastian Joseph Day, Jordan Fuller, Terrell Burgess, Bryson Hopkins, Juju Hughes, Alaric Jackson, Tyler Hall, Jonah Williams, Kendall Fuller, Tim Settle, the whole Browns list. Get ready for this one. Jarvis Landry, Jedrick Wills, Austin Hooper, Wyatt Teller, Takaris uh, McKinley, uh, Drew Forbes, Jojo Natson, Ross Travis, and then the Bears, Eddie Goldman, Artie Burns, Sam Kamara, the Lions, Nickel, Roby Coleman, Titans, wide receiver, Des Fitzpatrick. The, the Vikings had a couple guys placed on the list with Daniel Hunter and D.D. Westbrook, Tristan Johnson, A.J. Rose Jr., uh, and then the Ravens center, Tristan Cologne. So a lot of guys we've never heard of. Uh, we obviously don't know if those guys are vaccinated or not. We'll see in the near future. Uh, but a lot of those guys will be missing for this next week. Our connection got a little messed up here, so sorry about that. But we are jumping right back into it, the next topic. So some big news for Vegas, Kyle. Uh, looks like New Orleans is pulling out of their Super Bowl bid for 2024. Vegas gets a Super Bowl earlier than they thought. Yeah. Uh, we'll play in that game. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, Samir. It'll be so, interesting. Uh, yeah. I wonder who play, who's 2024. What's, what's your prediction for a 2024 Super Bowl? You know, when I wrote this down in halftime, I thought we need to do this again. You know, maybe five, six years ago, we made predictions for the Super Bowl going on until I think this year. Yeah, I, yeah. I think that's true. Maybe we, maybe we talk about that next week. But yeah. uh, hmm, well, what about right now? Right off the top of your head without sinking. Who who's who's in this Super Bowl in Vegas? I'm gonna say the Chargers mm. and Tampa the Bay. NFC team will rise to the top. Yeah, honestly, fucking Tampa Bay. <laughs> but uh, let's see. Is there are there any young guns in the NFC I like? Uh, I don't honestly probably the Niners. Yeah, that's actually a pretty good pick, on, yeah. in my opinion. Uh, I am gonna go with Kansas City. Yeah, that'd be and the other Philly. choice. Philly. All right. All right. Yeah, Who's Philly, playing quarterback for him? Uh, Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is a quarterback. They they find a consistent running back and the draft or free agency in the next few years, five more targets. Defense stays relatively the same. And uh, I don't know, Jalen Hurts MVP season, perhaps who knows? All right. I all mean, right. if that were to happen, MVP season hurts probably would be a possibility. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about the Heisman. Yeah. So as we pretty much all expected, Bryce Young won the Heisman trophy, uh, shattered the first place votes. Um but we got the full list of voting here. Aiden Hutchinson was right behind him, number two. Uh, I mean, pretty cool for a defensive player to get the shout out. But my guy, I believe, should have been a little higher. And we'll get to that. Number three, we mm -hmm. got Kenny Pickett, quarterback from Pitt, uh, rising pretty much everywhere. You know, for the draft, for obviously up in the Heisman voting. Um, people are obviously going to watch his bowl game now if he doesn't opt out. I think he probably should, but we'll see. Uh, number four, CJ Stroud, Ohio State. Um, this guy created a domino effect that we'll talk about in the next segment. Uh, CJ Stroud, great season. He's coming back next year. And number five, Will Anderson Jr., Alabama edge rusher. 
he had a crazy season. I feel like he should have been a little higher. You know, people are knocking him because his best game was against like New Mexico. But isn't that what you're supposed to do? Yeah, true. You destroy the shitty teams. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll run through six through 10 quickly here. We got Kenneth Walker, number six, Michigan State running back. Matt Corral, number seven, Ole Miss quarterback. Desmond Ritter, number eight, Cincinnati quarterback. Number nine, Jordan Davis, Georgia defensive tackle. And number 10, Brees Hall, Iowa State running back. Yeah, solid list. Uh, And I think this, as far as my time of extensively watching college football, I'd say it goes back to probably 2018, the last, this is probably the fourth year that I've gotten really into college football. Yeah. I think they've done a really good job with, with the Heisman award winners the last few years. I think mm-hmm. Kyler deserved it that year. And I was obviously pouring, pulling for him. Cause I thought he was going to be an a at that time. Uh, not a uh, Cardinal. <laughs> yeah. So that's interesting. Uh, Joe Burrow, obviously that was completely right. Devonta Smith. I think they got that right. I was, Big on Devonta Smith uh, for the Heisman last year. People go yeah. back to my tweets. I think I was saying in September uh, he should have <laughs> won the Heisman. Uh, and then Bryce Young. So I think that four years in a row now, uh, we're, I am very, very happy with the, the selection that the committee made. Yeah, that's fair. All right. Uh, so almost bull season here. And we'll get into that in the next. But uh, with the offseason comes the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. And we've gotten some big moves already so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got Spencer Rattler, former Oklahoma quarterback, going to South Carolina, the Gamecocks. He's going to the SEC, and he's bringing tight end Austin Stogner, big fan of Kyle, with him yeah. to the Gamecocks. Uh, it's going to be interesting. I thought maybe he would go to uh, a more pass-friendly conference, <laughs> you know, if he's trying to get drafted. Mm-hmm. Not the SEC, but uh, yeah, good for Spencer Rattler, man. He's going to be on ESPN. Yeah, I feel like that's uh, that's that's pretty much the big thing in his decision here is that, I mean, we knew Spencer Rattler was going to bet on himself. We knew that yeah. was that was going to be a thing. And when you play in the SEC, it's exactly what you're doing. You're going to play Bama. You're going to play Georgia, or at least some of those teams, LSU teams like that. You're going to get good competition. And if uh, if he plays really, really well, then he immediately jumps back into first round stock. Yeah. And uh, I think maybe the biggest move we've seen so far, Quinn Ewers, Ayers, Ewers, Ewers. I'm not sure exactly. I think it's Ayers. I don't know. Ayers. Okay. Anyways, he was the number one player for next year's class. He reclassifies, goes to Oklahoma last year, takes a couple snaps. All right. He's leaving Ohio State. Lincoln Riley's gone. C.J. Stroud is a Heisman finalist. Lincoln Riley is not there. Ryan Day is there. My bad. Mm. Um, and he's still there. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to get to the fucking point here. Quinn Ewers is going to Texas. He's a Longhorn. He's likely going to start. This is huge because he's uh, one of the best prospects, you know, since the 2018 uh, recruiting class. It's going to be cool. All right. It's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, I got a couple other guys I'll run mm-hmm. through here. We got Dylan Gabriel from Central Florida. Uh, he's kind of an air raid guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he broke his collarbone. That's what it was. Broke his collarbone oh, yeah. early in this year. Uh, so he's leaving. Trying to get drafted. Uh, don't know yet. I don't think ah. any of these guys we know yet. Uh, ah. Then we got Keaton Slovis. Um, he has had his ups and downs with USC and then had a neck injury. The freshman Jackson Dart took over, uh, and Lincoln Riley's coming in. So yeah, Malachi likely, Nelson's there too. Yeah, likely Malachi Nelson will uh, will get his chance. Eli Ricks, LSU corner, uh, his freshman year last year had four interceptions, third team All American. Uh, he's leaving, uh, and then we got Bo Nix. Bo Nix was the Auburn quarterback. Uh, looked like he was going to be a star his freshman year and he just never really progressed. Um, yeah. Maybe he's the guy looking for, for a system that fits him. Yeah. That'd be interesting. All right. Sorry. That was so tough for me to say, Jesus. Um, <laughs> but uh, like I said, you know, it's bull season. All right. And the bulls are starting this week. It's pretty exciting. I want to talk about some of them, some of the interesting ones you should watch. Uh, anyways, the first two are going to be on Friday. Bahama Bowl, 
Middle Tennessee State and Toledo. Won't be the most interesting game, but hey, it's in the Bahamas. It's 9 a.m. on Friday. What else are you going to be doing, right? True. Uh, and then that night, the tail greeter Cure Bowl. Northern Illinois, conference winner against Coastal Carolina. Could be um, Grayson McCall's last game. He is eligible, even though he's a sophomore for the draft. Don't think he'll leave, but there's a chance. Yeah, true. Uh, then we got games every day after that uh, up until... Probably New Year's. Wow. Yeah, pretty much until New Year's. But I think the big one in this next uh, this next week that you should keep an eye on is the Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl. I think this is formerly the Holiday Bowl. You know the bowl. I'll just I'll tell you. It's yeah. Utah State, Oregon State. Utah State ten and three won the Mountain West. Oregon State seven and five. Pretty decent um, middle to upper spot. tier Pac twelve yeah. spot. You know this is usually the Boise State Oregon game. You know if you remember from the past, they played each other like six years in a row. Um, and then Tuesday night, um, we're going to see UTSA against number 24, San Diego state, two great up and coming programs. And you, again, you know, it's Tuesday at a four 30. If your basketball team isn't playing that night, soon in this game. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's very interesting with these bowl bowl games, bowl season is always very interesting. Cause we, especially in college football, you see a lot of the same conference playing each other, but it's really, really rare to see a good team from one conference play another good yeah. team from another conference. And that's what bowl season's for. You get all these good games, and it sucks that it's the last game of the year, but yeah, that's just how college football works. As we get closer and closer, we'll start breaking down some of the bigger games, you know, the ones that you guys actually care about. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're not quite there yet. But we got some interesting games, and that's going to wrap up halftime. Yeah, that uh, takes us to the end of halftime. Now we're going to talk about the Bills. Uh, they're the, one of the most interesting teams in the NFL right now because while they have one of the most complete rosters uh, and coaching staffs, they sit at seven and six and currently hold the seven seed, the last spot in the playoffs right now for the AFC. So, I mean, we know their team's good. And we know the record isn't as good as what it probably should be. But are the Bills still serious title contenders? I'm going to say, no, they're not, you know, like I said, a couple of weeks ago, I just saw something in them that I just didn't like at all. You know, Josh Allen's been great. Sorry, I got the hiccups. God damn it. Um, <laughs> but they can't really run the ball, you know, and that's going to lead to more mistakes, more injuries. They don't have Trey, Trey white. God damn it. Mm. Don't have Trey white anymore. Uh, out for the year. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that, that'll just wrap it up there. <laughs> yeah, hiccups are, are, are crippling Skyler right now. I, yeah, I mean, I told Skyler how to get rid of these hiccups before. Uh, I think he still listens to me every now and then. You hold your breath for 10 seconds, breathe in, hold your breath for another 10 seconds, and breathe in again and hold it for 10 seconds. Uh, it takes about 30 seconds. Don't breathe out. Uh, it's a little hiccup lesson. Who would have thought we would have had that today on the show? Uh, but as far as the bills go, they got to win out, in my opinion, for them to be legitimate contenders because the, because the only thing that matters in January is if you're playing in your home stadium and you won't be playing in your home stadium if you're the seventh seed, uh, no matter what, really. So uh, even though they have one of the best rosters in the NFL, the, the team that I thought was going to win it after a couple weeks, it, I don't think is going to even be in the AFC championship game at this point. And it's yeah. disappointing to me because I really like this roster. I really like this team. They're fun to watch. Uh, Josh Allen's good. Stephon, D- Stephon Diggs is good. Their defense is good, but they just don't have it anymore for whatever reason, man. And I think they're going to be going out in either the wild card or the divisional round. Cause if you don't win the division, you're not playing at home. Next up. Uh, and the last thing that we have before getting to our weekly award talk, uh, we're talking about the biggest threat to the Bucs. Uh, we don't really have a favorite right now in the NFC, but I'm saying it's the Bucs because they won the Super Bowl last year. Uh, so yeah. it's really their thing to lose. So who is the biggest threat to the Bucs? And the teams that we're talking about are the Cardinals, the Rams, the Packers, or even the Cowboys, if you want to throw them in there as well. I think it's got to be Green Bay. All right, Devontae Adams has been pretty much unstoppable when he's healthy or not as COVID, at least. Um, you can't give them more than three yards of space. You know, a healthy A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones, again, completely unstoppable. Uh, defense has been great. You know, uh, past couple weeks, not as perfect as they had been. Special teams is a little bit rough. But Aaron Rodgers is doing his thing, man. You can't forget about him either. 
Um, and just some of the other teams, I don't trust the Cardinals or Rams at all. I think they're going to beat up on each other and it's actually not going to help them for the playoffs because again, you can't really make excuses for injuries, especially these teams, but these teams have taken a beating obviously. Uh, and Dallas, I don't know what to think about Dallas, honestly. Uh, they're great one week, terrible the next. Um, I think that game against uh, the Raiders is a, a big tell for them. Uh, that they they just they're not perfect yet. You know they they're not ready to go on this run. Yeah, uh, I agree with you there. Uh, one thing that's really interesting about the NFC, and I know I just made a point about it with the Bills in the AFC. So let's I'm gonna look at the top five teams, the, the division winners, basically. Uh, and then a wild card team in the AFC first, and I'll, I'll talk about that. So we have the Patriots, we have the Tennessee Titans, the Chiefs, Baltimore, and LA. And only one of those stadiums is indoors. One of those stadiums is in warm weather atmosphere, and that's the Chargers. And that's why I think being a top seed in the AFC means a lot more because you get to play in your home stadium, especially if you're the Bills. Or I mean, even though it's it's not really any different. Playing in cold with your own fans is a little bit different than playing in the cold with 65,000 New England fans around you. So I think it means a lot to get the top seed in the AFC. But but in the NFC, let's look at the top five seeds there. We have the Packers who have played in a cold, hostile environment. I even said that that that's one of the toughest places to play in all of football. But then look at at the four teams after that. The Buccaneers. What's it going to be in Tampa Bay in January? 85? 83, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Arizona, they play in a dome. Dallas plays in a dome. And L.A. plays in a dome as well. You you don't want to be in Lambeau. You don't. Yeah, you don't want to be in Lambeau. That's the one thing. Uh, And then there's the Niners, uh, who also play at home, uh, obviously. uh, And they're not going to be in a hostile environment either. So it's got to be the Packers, man. The Packers have to be the biggest threat, especially because they hold the tiebreaker over both these teams right now. And they're not even that healthy, man. They're going to get Jair Alexander back. They're going to get Zedarius Smith back. They're going to get David Bakhtiari back. And Green Bay won in the Super Bowl. If I had to put money on any team right now, I think I'd put it on Green Bay. Yeah, that's fair. Now, with that being said, let's get to our awards and let's get to our bets after that. Uh, so first thing, we'll do comeback player of the year. I think it stays the same. Bosa and Dak as one and two. Yeah, I I had Burrow previously, but I've uh, I've slipped Bosa into that honorable mention spot. Awesome. I yeah. am doing the same exact thing there. Uh, coach of the year, number two for me, and I also threw another guy in there. Uh, so I have the four as my runner-up, as well as Arthur Smith, because he has a terrible roster and they're actually like right in a playoff spot right now. I also put Lafleur my my two spot. Awesome. And, uh, the number one. Yeah, it's it's Bill. Bill, yeah, hundred yeah. uh, percent. On to, we'll do offensive rookie of the year first. I put Jalen Waddle on there last year, or not last year, the mm-hmm. last week. I put Jamar Chase back at number two after his two touchdown performance against the Niners. He got to a thousand yards. Maybe Waddle takes that spot again if he has another 10-catch game. I know they had a bye last week, so he really couldn't do anything about it. But Jamar Chase is my number two. All right. I'm going to keep Najee Harris in the two spot. Another great game on primetime this week. Um, And I don't know. I feel like Jamar Chase really is the two, but I want to make sure that Najee Harris doesn't go unmentioned. Yeah, I I really like Najee 100%. And then number one, uh, Mac Jones. Oh, yeah, it's Mac. On to defensive rookie <laughs> of the year. Uh, number two, I think we know what number one is, but number two for me uh, is a mix of DBs. I chose Javon Holland and uh, Pat Sertain. Yeah, uh, I like Sertain there at number two. That's what I have. Also, um, Adafe Owe from Baltimore and... God damn, hiccups coming back. No, we're good. I think so. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, stick with those two. Nice. Uh, so we have a big gap in between one and two, and I think I think it's everybody's opinion uh, with number one being Michael Parsons. Yeah, Parsons at number one. He's he's done it all. We talk about him every week. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. he started off the year in the middle, uh, moved to edge, and he's already one of the best edge rushers in the NFL. 
hundred percent. Yeah. And he's got like more tackles than any of those guys up there as well. So while being a big thing in the past and the run, he he's helped it just in, in all facets of the defensive category. Now on to defensive player of the year uh, in my honorable mentions. I actually put two of them uh, were JC Jackson and Michael Parsons as well. All right. I don't have any honorable mentions. I'm sticking with my two guys that I've been rolling with all year. I got Watt in the two spot right now. Moving him back I, down. Uh, I meant JC Jackson and Parsons were my runner up guys. My, my bad on that one. Uh, but then for my oh, one we, spot, we I put TJ Watt again. I know he got, was hurt again, but nonetheless, he still leads the league in sacks. So my, he's my number one. Kyle, what was your biggest knock on Miles Garrett? Miles Garrett? I mean, he just doesn't force a lot of fumbles. But he finally got one. I know that. He did. Forced a fumble, picked it up, ran it back for six. He reclaims the one spot for me. Uh, he's still not cracking that top that top <laughs> three list for me. I don't know. Something about him. I'm just I'm just not the biggest fan. Number two, or, or runner-up for me in the Offensive Player of the Year category is Jonathan Taylor. I moved him down. Uh, well, you'll know what the number one is here in a minute. Yeah, also did the same thing. Taylor down to two. Number one, uh, there's no way that I can't choose this guy after what he puts up at week in, week out. And let me just go over the stats. This man, Cooper Cup, has been putting up. He has 113 catches through 13 games. That is, let's see, about 20, 21 more than any other person on the planet right now, uh, which is kind of crazy. He has nearly 1,500 yards, which is also 200 more than any other player uh, and then he also has 12 touchdowns. I'm pretty sure that leads the league as well. He's not going to be breaking any records with the 12 touchdowns. But when all three of those categories are in that conversation, he's definitely got to be the offensive player of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Brett and I were talking last night. We we're trying to figure out, like, what makes him better than everybody else, you know? And we're just like, well, he doesn't drop the ball. He's yeah. a great route runner. He's very smart. He's tough. And we saw last night, it was, he was frustrating me so much, you know, like I said, in fantasy, but uh, you got to give it to him. Dude was unstoppable. Yeah. And I think uh, McVeigh's done such an amazing job too, of uh, being able to design plays for a guy like Cooper cup too. Cause when he's the ball's in his hands, he might not be the fastest player on the field, but he is one of the smartest players. He's one of the quickest players and he's one of the most agile players. That's for sure. And it seemed like, Stafford got the ball boom in the Cooper Cup's hands. Like it was in, instantaneous, whatever it be, uh, a quick out, a slant, uh, a little bubble screen, whatever it is. He just got the ball and he went every single time. And even if you're only getting five, six yards, it's like an extension of the run game. Get consistent yardage on early downs and find your big guys when you need them as well, like OBJ and Van Jefferson. Uh, so let's get to honorable mentions now for our MVP spot. Scott, do you have any honorable mentions? I guess I'll, I'll give it to Josh Allen. He's hurt. He's literally carrying this team right now. Defense hasn't been as good as it should be uh, in Buffalo. Uh, so we'll give him an honorable mention. My honorable mentions were TJ Watts. Uh, I moved him down from the MVP uh, four spot, I think, just because it's going to be tough to win MVP if you're getting hurt every now and then. And uh, even though he's had a great season, it's MVP as defense players don't happen. Yeah. Uh, so let alone missing a couple games as well. Justin Herbert was also my honorable mention. He has been inconsistent this year, but he's been really good this last two weeks. So he gets back into the honorable mention spot for me. Who's your number five? Number five is going to be Jonathan Taylor uh, back in the top five here. Uh, you know, nothing crazy from him recently. He had a buy, right? Yeah. Um, but some of these quarterbacks, I dropped out because I don't like what they've been doing recently. So he goes to five spot. Kind of crazy putting him at five and saying he hasn't done anything crazy when he yeah. had 143 and two touchdowns the last time that they that's played. That's just expected from him, right? <laughs> at this point. Yeah, but that's a, that's MVP talk. Uh, I don't know. I'll get to him later on. Uh, well, I guess that, then list. I should bump him up, right? <laughs> exactly, yeah. That's how I feel. Uh, number five for me, though, is going to be J.C. Jackson. I uh, stated his impact for the, the, the Patriots a couple weeks ago and how big he's been. They had a bye this past week, so mm-hmm. we can see him again on the field this week against the Colts, actually. All right, Who's my number, number four, four is going to be Cooper Cup. 
you know, just talked about him. He's been unstoppable this year, probably back on pace for some records now again. Uh, but this is a quarterback award. Uh, so the top three are going to be the quarterbacks. Number four for me was Cooper Cup uh, slash Matt Stafford. I grouped them together again. Yeah. Uh, they were in an honorable mention spot for me last week. Uh, and I grouped them together because I feel like no matter what, they're going to be together in this. They're, they're In the voting, it's not going to be like one's fourth and one's 15th. It's going to be one's four, one's six, or one's three, one's four, or something yeah. like that. So it's, it's going to be really close, and I grouped them together for, for this one. So they are my number four spot. Who's your number right. three? Number three is going to be Patrick Mahomes. They're on a big winning streak right now. He had his way with uh, the Raiders for one half. <laughs> Sorry, Kyle. Uh, so he, he's he's sticking around. You know, I think they're back at nine and four, like most of us expected. And at the end of the year, he's going to be up here in the race. Yeah, number three for me is actually going to be Aaron Rodgers. Same guy I had there last week. He's been playing well. Uh, last few weeks, obviously, and throughout the whole season, except for that first game. And man, is he special. Mm-hmm. Who's your number two? Yeah, my uh, number two is going to be Aaron Rodgers. It seems like I I got to keep saying it. It looks like he's not even trying out there, man. And yeah, they're still so good. He throws the ball, man. I, I think yeah. <laughs> just the way that he flicks it so effortlessly it just it seems like he's doing absolutely nothing out there. Mm. Uh number 2 for me though is going to be Jonathan Taylor. Uh he goes down one spot from where I had him last week. Uh and that's not because of the bye, it's just because of the number one guy I think played really really well. Oh yeah. Uh and number who's your, 1. Who's your MVP, guy? My MVP is Tom Brady. 360 yards, two touchdowns against Buffalo. He finds Brashad Perriman out of all people down the seam to win it. Uh, yeah. I mean, come on, you you can't make that up. <laughs> yeah, Tom Brady is my MVP now as well. And it's, I don't know how this is even possible at this point. I mean, he has f- over 4,000 passing yards at this point. That's over, that's more than some of the years that he had in New England with those great teams. And uh, I feel like in this scenario with Tampa Bay, he's going to throw the ball like way more. It just feels like with, with how often uh, and the weapons that he has here in Tampa Bay, or not here in Tampa Bay, but there in Tampa Bay, uh, but over 4,000 yards, first person to do that this season, 36 touchdowns. Like what? That's an insane through 13 games. He's thrown practically three a game uh, and 10 picks, uh, not the greatest mark, but still nonetheless, they've been amazing. And Tom Brady is my MVP at the age of 44 and will probably be my MVP at the age of 47 yeah. as well. Uh, you think he, uh, he gets the 55 touchdowns? Gets the Paytons? He needs, he needs 19 touchdowns in four games. So, no. Unless <laughs> he gets six and a couple of them, uh, I don't think the Bucks are going to be playing super <laughs> close games or super high-scoring games even – in the two games against Carolina, because they play uh, a tough defense. And same thing with New Orleans. They've had their ways with him in the, his time in Tampa Bay, that's for sure. But, hey, I mean, if he throws 12 touchdowns against the Jets, maybe it happens. I'm not counting that out. Yeah. Uh, but let's get to our bets, and then let's get on out of here and yeah. end uh, or wrap up episode 66. Uh, our... Our layups did really, really well last week. Yes, they did sir. really, really well for the first time in a long time. We got a clean sweep. Uh, and that started with my pick of the Bucks minus two and a half versus Buffalo. Uh, and it worked out well. It went to overtime. So they were either going to lose by a field goal or win by a field goal or a touchdown. And they won by a touchdown uh, with that Prashad Perriman walk off. Uh, and then we had Skyler's pick of the New Orleans Saints minus five and a half versus the Jets that hit. And then Brett went to the hockey uh, side of the things and uh, chose Toronto to beat the Columbus Blue Jackets. And so they uh, they won in that one. We get a clean sweep there. And now let's talk about this week. I took the Raiders plus three against Cleveland. I don't like betting on my own team, but when the Cleveland uh, Browns are in the spot that they are with the amount of COVID cases that's going on and the line really hasn't changed yet, I'm going ahead and hop on that now. So maybe it's a trap. Maybe it isn't, but Raiders plus three. All right. I'm going to take the Packers minus four and a half at Baltimore. 
there's a chance that uh, Lamar Jackson doesn't play in this game. Packers are hot. Uh, defense is great. Baltimore is really banged up. Taking the Packers yeah. in this one. Cover. Yeah, I feel like uh, if Lamar Jackson does play in that game, though, that's that's such a game that's going to win by a field goal, and you're going to be screwed mm-hmm. over, though. So we'll <laughs> see how that goes. Uh, but let's get to our bold predictions. Last week, Brett got his right. Me and Skyler got ours wrong. I picked Washington over Dallas. That did not happen. Skyler chose Baltimore over Cleveland. That did not happen. And Brett chose Atlanta to beat Carolina. That did happen. Atlanta gets a clean sweep over Carolina this year. Uh, say, like we said earlier in the show, have been a big surprise in the NFL this year of being decent. Uh, this week, though, I have Houston over Jacksonville. It's only a three-point spread, but unless Trevor Lawrence threw four picks last game, Davis Mills is going to light up, light up that Jacksonville okay. defense. I will tell you, though, Kyle, I don't think Trevor Lawrence is going to really want to lose to Davis Mills. I don't know how much control he's going to have, but he's going to try his hardest not to lose to Davis Mills. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, I'm going to go with Washington to beat the Eagles this week. There's about a 50% chance that Jalen Hurts doesn't play, and I'll take those odds. Washington D's been playing better. Um, Also, Haneke's questionable, but it's looking like he has a better chance to play. I'll go with Washington. It'll be interesting if it's a uh, Gardner Minshew versus who is it? Kyle Allen. Probably Kyle Allen. Yeah. That would be something. Uh, not a game to watch. That's for sure. Uh, yes. But nonetheless, we got a fun week ahead of us in the NFL. Not too much besides those bowl games and college football. Baseball is still locked out. Basketball is going on, but we don't talk about that much here on the show. I've been doing well once we get to March. Yeah. Uh, so. But nonetheless, great game on Thursday coming up. couple good games on Saturday. Uh, NFL Network, I think, is holding those shows. Hey, there's nothing better than than uh, Saturday night football in December, man. That's for sure. And the Saturday, Saturday night game is Patriots versus the Colts. That's going to be a fun one for sure. And some of the big games on Sunday, uh, Titans-Steelers, I guess, is a decent one. Bengals-Broncos yeah. is a big one as far as playoff race goes. Same thing with Falcons. Niners, I think the Niners probably kill them. Yeah. Uh, Seahawks, Rams, that's a divisional game. Packers, Ravens, like we said earlier, we have a Sunday night matchup between Taysom Hill-led Saints and the Buccaneers. Even though it's an 11-point spread for the Buccaneers, I feel like those games are always close. Uh, and then Monday night is is mid, uh, but it's, okay. it's going to be a close game for sure with the Vikings and the Bears. Yeah, but That's going to do it for episode 66, Skeller. What do you got to say as we head our out? Yeah, we're getting uh, we're getting there, guys. We're getting to the Dog playoff push winner. here. You yeah, know, man. It's, uh, it's only going to get more interesting from here. And mm. we got you every Tuesday night. We'll see you guys next week. Go Jets. Later.